0: Welcome to an episode of More Than Dice. I'm Gonzo.
1: I'm John. I guess I'm Brian.
0: <laughs> and that is Brian from Midnight Heroes. <laughs> Welcome to episode 250 of More Than Dice. Today we're going to be h- hanging out with Brian from Midnight Heroes. He's going to be talking about all the projects he's going through, everything he's doing, and uh, the new Kickstarter he's got coming up. But before we do that, we got to do the business. We want to thank Parabellum War Games for all the cool stuff that they do and all the miniatures they have. And don't forget, they have a special code you can use if you want to pick up their stuff, and you can hang out with them. Uh, Of course, the code is MORE THAN DICE, big surprise. Uh, We want to also thank Turbo Dork for the amazing paint line that they have with the color shifting and metallics. Make sure you check them out. Uh, We also want to thank Midnight Heroes. They're a sponsor also. Um, And you can find them and check out all the cool chibis and uh, some of the new stuff that's coming out pretty soon too. Uh, We want to thank Muse on Minis. If you need some widgets or some tokens or anything for any of your games, make sure you check them out. It has a discount code also. John, what is that discount code?
2: Uh, probably more than dice
0: all one word yes it is <laughs> <laughs> guys uh, we appreciate you coming on we appreciate you listening we appreciate you watching um and all the stuff that goes on with us um if you are going to be at a i will be there so make sure you come and find me and say hi i might have a gift or two for you if you uh tell me and show me that you're subbed to one of our channels um but you'll have to wait and see what it is
2: And if you see me there, realize I probably quit and or lost my job and give me condolences before you give me a high five.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, um, other than that, uh, I know there's going to be quite a few of us going to be at Adepticon to hang out and play some games. Uh, I will be playing um, Battletech, Buying a Ton of Crap, and War Machine. That's about it. I'm not taking any classes this year. So... Other than that, uh, let's give our good shout-outs. We do have a shout-out to Tom Sizemore. Uh, I believe he had a stroke or
2: a heart attack? Uh, He had a stroke. They put him in a coma. They didn't think he was going to recover, and then he passed this week, which is very unfortunate.
0: Uh, Very, very good uh, actor. Had some really good spots.
2: Enjoyable, and everything's in. Even if it's not, like, the best movie, uh, you know, uh, was it uh, a month or two ago I watched um, that Goddamn uh, New Year's Eve movie. The name escapes me. Uh, he was in that with a terrible wig, but he still did a great job and was very <laughs> enjoyable in it. God, what's that movie called? It's going to bug me now.
0: Well, you know where to go to find it.
2: I do. I was going for the end of a. But yeah, you know, Saving Private Ryan, Black Hawk Down. He's been in a ton of things. Yeah.
0: But um, I think that was the only... Shout out that we had. Uh, if anybody has any shout outs they'd like to give, make sure you put it in the chat. We'll give a shout out to them. We have no problem with that. Um, we also want to go, of course, again, thank all of our viewers, listeners, et cetera, et cetera, uh, that listen to us on all the platforms. Um, and don't forget that um, you have also the other podcasts that are on our network. You have the Tried and True Guys, which are uh, Delaware War Machine players. And then you also have the Boker Brawl. Um, groups that does a lot of cool things. Um, I don't know what's wrong with your video, John. Uh, wow. Yeah, I don't know. what did you do in my video? Nothing. Pixelating. Um, wow. you're being hacked. Was...
2: Hack the planet. That, that's, hack the planet. No, not the planet, not John. Don't hack <laughs> John. I guarantee if I see serial killer come out here, I'm punching him in the jaw. <laughs> uh, and hoping Shaggy doesn't manifest to kill me. <laughs> Is John's video drunk? Too? John's not drunk, so <laughs> not his video well. damn well not better be drunk before me. <laughs> so Wow, that is weird.
0: Yeah, it's like it's gotta be a camera issue. It's playing with your oh, hold so. on. But before we <clears throat> while John's working on his uh camera issue, which is okay, we still hear him, he can still talk. Um, guys, we really appreciate you. We really, really <laughs> Uh, We really appreciate everything you do, everything you say. Make sure you check out our Patreon. Make sure you check out our Facebook page, our YouTube, so on and so forth, because we have a ton of stuff that goes on there. Um, Please take care of yourself. Watch after yourself. If you see something, say something. Watch out for each other. Um, If you see me, you're more than welcome to give me a hug. Um, Hang out. Additionally, if you see me at Adepticon... Um, let me know and I will definitely give you an awesome hug and a high five or whatever you prefer as your greeting of the times. Um,
1: (laughs) you, you do give good high fives. You gave me, it's all good.
0: Oh yeah. I give good high fives. Um, John, can you still hear us? Yes. Okay. Um, while John's fixing his camera, let's go and talk about our drink of the day and Oh, John's back. John, what are you drinking today?
2: Well, I'm going to try a shot of this uh, whiskey I bought online, which is Starward 2 Twofold Double-Grain Australian Whiskey. Uh, on a day, I was having a shitty night, which is most of this week. Uh, they advertised it on YouTube or on YouTube on Facebook with a free code for shipping. And I'm like, I'll take a look and see how expensive it is. It was $35 for a bottle. That is not expensive at all Nope. for a bottle of whiskey with free shipping. Bigger, I I'd give it a shot since I found out recently that I can actually get uh, alcohol delivered to uh, Maryland. Uh, I thought it was illegal. Apparently that was years ago. So Still... I'm going to try a shot, another shot of that. I'll give you guys a description of that. And then I'm going to follow it up with a uh, mix of uh, Curzon, uh Black Cherry Rum, with Cherry Coke because, you know, I like get standards.
0: Dude, it's got precisely standards. measured, right?
2: Yes. You heathen. <laughs> I measure my fucking mixed drinks.
1: <laughs> Brian,
0: what are you drinking tonight?
1: I'm drinking the lovely Ozarka. <laughs> yeah.
0: Some good old That's H2O.
1: Exactly. That's my uh, my drink of choice right now. Uh,
2: yes, Arathu, I have not tried Br- and gotten a Bramble yet. That is an unfinished quest. But uh, look, I bought this Monday night on the way home and I didn't drink on... Wednesday or Thursday or much last night. So this is how my week was. <laughs> oh, wow. Plus two-thirds of that bottle of rum that I also bought on Monday is, is gone. And I also bought a six-pack of uh, Smirnoff ices too. And they're all gone. So I feel like I'm doing okay. <laughs> Must have been a hard week. <laughs> yeah, it was not good. It ended better than the start right, here, which I, I like. But it's all it's so good. I mean, at
0: this point, like I said, man, we roll with the punches. Uh, my drink of choice tonight is going to be some good old Maker's Mark. Just neat in the cup. Um, guys, like we said, make sure you check on each other. Make sure you, if you haven't heard from a friend, just say hi. Make sure they're doing okay. Just check in on them. Um, you don't know what demons people are fighting, and uh, sometimes all it takes is that little, hey, what's up, dude? And uh, it yeah. changes their day and their week. Um, cheers. 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 God damn, this is good.
2: This is actually solid. Like, I'm not, I'm not a sommelier. I'm not going to give you big flavor notes, but it doesn't linger too long. It does not super harsh, alcoholy flavor. Wow, don't do that ever again, <laughs> Connor. That was creepy <laughs> as fuck. But no, I, I mean, for a $35 problem. bottle of whiskeys, it was, it's pretty good. I enjoy it.
0: Hmm. Oh, let me, let me go with my Maker's Mark again. You know.
2: Imagine your maker mark is probably a little better, but it also probably is a little more expensive.
0: I think that was about, about the same.
2: Well, plus, I'm interested in trying out different stuff, you know. It's uh, wheaten and malted barley uh, whiskey from Australia. Give it a shot, you know. It's from Australia, but it ships from New Jersey.
0: Yeah. If, if I could have alcohol delivered to my house, I would, but uh, Arkansas does not allow that. It's illegal. So,
2: I'm allowed to have it shipped to my house, but not delivered to my house if you understand the subtle difference.
0: I can't have either. Yeah, that sucks. Yeah. Type thing. So <laughs> So, Brian, we want to welcome you to the podcast. You've been a longtime sponsor. Yes, um sir. You've been doing a lot of cool stuff. Uh I don't remember how I met you, but uh I know that you came to Warfare Weekend and mm-hmm. you know, we've I've known you about doing uh, miniature printing and all this other stuff, and I've asked you questions, and we've bounced ideas and everything else. And I don't know why you sponsor us. We're weird, and we're definitely not professionals. Um, That's but... why we
2: sponsor you, <laughs> uh, Gonzo. As a matter of point, since I am a manager and I am pedantic by nature, we are technically professionals. We do make money. It's not a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> But we can technically say we are professionals.
0: It, it pays the bill so we don't die. <laughs> or the channel doesn't go under. Or we have to pay it is, out of our own it pocket. It pays the
2: bill so that I can support other people on Twitch and Patreon. Yeah, that's, that's like pretty what much I what do we do.
1: Money. I'm like, oh, cool. I get <laughs> hey, more it, people. It works. It works.
0: So, mm-hmm. Brian, you have a miniature company. And it is, of course, Midnight Heroes. Um, why don't you tell us how you got started from... Because, I mean, you didn't just start miniature printing and painting and all that stuff right off the bat what were you doing first before you started midnight heroes
1: before i started midnight heroes i was a semi-professional painter i did uh i had a youtube channel that i did a lot of uh painting for 40k and i actually started doing painting videos and semi-professional painting videos for soda pop and uh, <clears throat> before they became ninja division i did because i really fell in love with their game and so i started painting all their stuff up online and trying to help build, you know, a following. And I I was known at the time for all the stuff that I did for 40K. Cause uh back before mini war gaming painting, blue table painting and all that stuff, um, I was one of the at the time, I was one of the bigger uh 40K channels on YouTube. And my channel was Nataku. I went by Nataku one there. <clears throat> Everything was going good. I had a couple kids. I couldn't afford it anymore. So I kind of, you know, stepped back. And then all of a sudden, um, I had my first of five heart attacks, and it I died. I, was, I died. But they were able to bring me back, and so when I came back, I had to reevaluate things, so I continued doing more painting. And one day, my son just walked up to me. At the time, he was very young. He was maybe seven, eight years old at the time. He walks up, and he goes, Dad... I see you're painting all these miniatures, but why don't you just make your own? And I was like, damn. Why don't kids, I? Kids, kids onto something. And he's, he's eight years old and he's going, he goes, dad, I love you, but we don't know how long you're going to be here. So just if, and you're an artist. So why don't you just make your own? You paint everybody else's paint your own. And I was like, shit, the wisdom from an eight year old. Yep. So, so I started, you know designing uh, doing designs and at first i started doing it as a normal line and it was more of a fantasy inspired sci-fi world and uh we were i started drawing up uh, sketches and all sorts of stuff and we ran a kickstarter for it it failed just it failed gloriously it was it was an epic fail but in that kickstarter we had two chibis And everybody was raving about the chibis that we had in there. And I like chibis and my, I like anime and stuff like that and all that stuff. And I was like, I wonder what would happen if I, you know, made chibi miniatures. So I turned around, redesigned everything, got everything set up. And then about that time, my wife had two brain aneurysms. And we thought that she was going to die. And we hadn't, we hadn't, released any miniatures at this point in time but we had been in business for like two and a half years we were still trying to figure out what the heck we were doing so my current uh, sculptor and he is just amazing he's eddie Burto. he does capital chibi and he works with the ignition core games and all that other good stuff he did something that was just amazing he created a miniature our very first miniature which was elizabeth and he made it in as an inspiration to my wife because we all thought my wife was going to pass away thank god she didn't She's good. She's, she's good now. But that was the very first miniature we ever made. And um, people came out of the woodworks to help me get that miniature produced. And it was the only one that we had. And people loved it. So I so I was like, okay, I think this chibi, this chibi thing is what we need to do. And so we turned around and we started doing uh, redesigns. And we did Kickstarters. And we wound up doing like five of them. And each one got bigger and bigger and bigger than, than we did. And people just started really, really enjoying chibi miniatures and i was like okay this is just this is awesome and we still to this day we get people come up to us when we're at cons going what is this and i'm like "It's chibi they're like what is that i'm like it's short and cute that's what it is and every every year when we go to our cons people just we get more and more people who i guess you can say fall in love with it um but for the longest time all we had was just miniatures and all it was was just painters painting them, but they didn't really use them very much. So we we sat down and we had to decide that we needed to start, you know, making games for them as well, which we, we are doing that is now. But. Come full circle, it's, it's me and two other guys that run Midnight Heroes, you don't you typically don't see the, the guys behind Gonzo, you've met Chad. So yep. He's, he's, he's uh, one of my other business partners. But then I have one other. His name is Billy, who is actually my best friend for God knows how long. He's our he's our books guy. He doesn't really come out and say hi. He just runs the books from the background. And me and Chad pretty much do everything. For the, for, I, I'm quote-unquote the face, as they say. I run the company, and I, I do all the art designing. I do all the 3D printing. I pretty much do everything but actually sculpt the damn model. Because I don't have, you know, ability to do that. I do all our designing. I do most of the work. I do hire some uh, of the work out to other uh, artists. And then once it's, the characters are done, I ship them off to our sculptor. He takes care of them and he gives them back to us. And then you guys get to see the, the product because everything that we make is 3D printed. Yep. We don't do casting anymore. All 3D prints. And we have, which was a big, big. Um, move that we decided to do. It was about the third Kickstarter. We'd had uh, some companies spin cast our stuff, which they did a great job. There was nothing wrong with their spin cast. They did a great job. Um, but we were, we. I just got into 3D printing at that point in time. And I felt like 3D printing was, you know, the future of miniatures in my opinion. I still do. I still think it is. And so I made uh, a decision. I think it was round. Super Chibi Round Three, or was it Super Chibi Round Four, that we did the Kickstarter, but it was all supposed to be spin cast resin. But we made the decision after we funded that we were going to do 3D printed miniatures. We reached out to all of our backers and we said, Hey, this is what we want to do. What do you think? And all of them were like, Go for it. So we three printed we 3D printed that whole Kickstarter sent it out to them, and then we realized from there, we're like, yeah, this is what we want to do moving forward. And since then, we've been all 3D printing. I was like super worried that if it was going to be the right decision or not. But then when freaking Privateer Press announced what they were doing, it made me feel so much better that I had made this decision years ago, and it just it kind of validated my decision. And I was like, sweet. Okay, I'm going on the right path
0: um, <laughs> type of thing. So, wanted to go just a little bit of backtrack. We have had one of your artists on our show, uh, and uh, they always come on and do a Chibi episode, which is Yeji. Uh, Oh, okay. Yeji uh, comes on, and anytime we have to do anything Chibi-related, Yeji comes on here. uh, She's amazing. Yeah, she always talks about your stuff and everything. Um, And go to the 3D printing. Um, 3D printing has gone leaps and bounds in the last like five years you could have yes. gone like oh here it is it looks kind of cool To holy crap how did this come off of i'm still amazed i mean i i i have a 6k screen printer um mm-hmm. and it's an AnyCubic, and it does what i want and it's you know and it's it's affordable uh mm-hmm. for for a home printer and the is of print and i print stuff off and i'm like how the I still don't get how well this stuff prints. So what are you, what, what printers are you, what is your recommended printers to get for like at home or affordable ones?
1: I have always, always been a, any cubic fan. Um, that's what I started my, our, our farm with, as I started them off with the photons and every time any cubic released a new one, I would always get their new one. Um, I understand me personally. I've never really had a problem with their machines, but a lot of people have said that they have really bad customer support. I've never had to deal with that. So I don't know, but I've used them forever for the longest time for the longest time. Our, our three D farm has gotten smaller, but we had over 11 printers in our farm and most of, most of them were any cubic mono X's. We had some mono X's, some photons, some zeros, and then I also had a Piopoly uh, uh, Phantom, I think it was, Piopoly three. it was big sucker, big sucker. Um, which, at the time that I bought that, I thought it was gonna be super, super, you know, we're not doing this, I thought it was gonna be uh, super, super, super great for us, but it turned out to be a, a uh, giant waste of money because the printer itself wasn't you know, that great. Um, so we switched all of our production to the Mono Xs And for almost two years. Those were our workhorses. Well then all of a sudden, Elegou does this Kickstarter for the Elegou Jupiter. And I'm sitting here looking at it, and me and Chad are both looking at it, and we're like, huh, this thing looks awesome because the build plate's about the size of a laptop screen. Oh yeah. We're like we're like, huh, we're 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 looking at this. And we could get roughly, depending on the miniature that uh, we 3D we printed, we could get, you know, up to 10 or maybe 12 on a build plate. And we had like five or six of them, so we could still crank them out, but we had to use all of those, those, those printers. So we pulled the trigger, and we got the special on the Kickstarter, and we got multiple Jupiters. It took a a while for them to come in, and then when they came in, I put them in our printer room. And these things are massive i mean they are they weigh about 80 pounds a piece each one there and they're huge. i had to build a custom table the whole nine yards put them on there but the quality like you were saying they the quality is just off the charts i mean we went from the the mono x's that uh you could every now and then you could see just a little bit of lines but not much to these uh jupiters you don't see any lines at all none yeah so go to go back to your to go back to your your to answer your question, um, I would get something like a Mono X or a Saturn S. That's that's what I would get for uh, for home use. Um, they're great entry level printers. Well, they're a little bit over entry level, but they're still great, great printers. The big thing with resin printing is, and if you do uh, FDM, you know this, is your settings. The settings is what makes or break your printer. Uh, settings and and particularly in resin supports i mean on an fdm settings is crucial but everything's pretty much flat Uh, on resin you have to angle everything and you have to turn it and you have to get the dial in those settings and it's different per resin you can't you you can't really have a universal setting you have to get a resin play with it okay this one this is the settings for this one, use it. We stick with one type of resin, so we've dialed in our, our settings for that resin. It's expensive, but we feel it, it works best for us. And then, once you get, because in resin printing, basically, you get the build plate level, your fab sheet's not ripped, it's all settings at that point in time. You just dial it in, you go. You don't have to worry about heating up your nozzle, your bed, blah, 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 blah. This is just go. Now, the downside for resin printing and some people consider this a huge downside is there's two of them. One, it stinks. And two, it's messy as all get out. I mean, it is messy. Um, and it, it gets, no matter how much you clean, no matter what you do, it's going to get nasty. And that's one of the biggest complaints that my wife has because our, our printing room, because we run everything out of my house. Um, I, I'm in my shed right now. This is where we keep all of our inventory. But all the printing and everything that we do is in my house. And I actually converted my walk-in closet into my printing room. All my printers are on one side of the walk-in closet. Got all my resins up top and all my filament and every, all the different tables and everything. And it's in our bedroom. So I had to put in an air purifying system and some vents and some fans in the floor, all of that and it helped but it didn't take away all the smell and my wife on occasionally she will uh, she'll let me know that she'll be like (laughs) stinks in here (laughs) yeah so so
0: i know from from uh, you know i'm not a professional i do it as home so i can print stuff off for myself and get things Mm -hmm. going um the stink is very much a big thing and i mean it is toxic you don't want to eat it you know so on and so forth but yeah yeah, don't well, don't. You
1: get the third Doctor Strange third eye. Come on, resin is toxic. What? No. <laughs> Come on.
0: But I mean, you create some really good stuff, and you create, you know, uh, I mean, I I use it for stuff for Warfare Weekend. I have an FDM printer that I use for that, and I have a large, um, large build plate because I have a Piople Phenom L, and that yeah. build plate is huge, and so. Someone was like, Well, how quickly and how fast can you make stuff on it? And I go, Well, I took my Phenom L, and someone says, How many Space Marines can you print at one time? And because that's know, a lot a of people lot. are, yeah, I can print 60 Space Marines in four and a half hours. And people don't, the, you know, and
1: we liked our, because that's the one we had. We had the Phenom L. we liked it, but we it took a long time. It was, was not very quick because it's not a monochrome screen it's a screen it's an rgb screen so it doesn't take it takes longer yeah and you can
0: up you can upgrade them now which is really good and stuff but i mean the i i only use it for like things that are very big um and i don't do it for anything else but things that are very big i use my 6k if i want to print multiple things on a build plate that'll fit there um but i mean it's a good printer and it's it's solid
2: I'll jump in here we as a, only a we, consumer okay. of uh, 3D printing. And I'm impressed with how the models are getting. There's a while I thought they weren't going to reach, you know, good enough quality. But I bought some, you know, years ago. And going giving me some. I'm like, these are fine. But I got one this past year that was good enough quality that I painted up, gave it as a gift to my sister. And she's, it's great. Like, not a lot of, you know, not a lot of work to do on it. You know, it was all just not ready to go out of the box. Um, I bought some stuff off Amazon of varying qualities, but even the the bad quality with the lines, you can easily fix that with the and the primer and a little bit of sanding, and the price
1: is fucking
2: great on those
1: things. So I'm really impressed with it. You should I even see got. Some- Right. You should see some of the technology that they're working with right now with uh, 3D printing that not only is it going to be for the manufacturing side, but they're also gonna, they're trying to get it in the consumer side as well. And they're going to be in... Right now, you're you're printing on an LCD screen with pixels and it's going up and down and blah, 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 blah. It's MSLA. They're actually working on projection printing where the, the VAT is in there and they use a projector and they project the image into the resin. And like, you can print something like a helmet like like a mandalorian helmet and like 10 minutes
0: yeah
2: Yeah, i'm looking to see how that goes i mean like i said i was i was uh i always thought they were solid i thought they were great for terrain great for bone add-on parts for like models and all because i've been using for that for years but now the models are getting a good enough quality that i mean i don't think they'll ever quite be or to be years where they really hit like that pure let's say games workshop quality but man they're getting really fucking close Oh, yeah. They're getting good.
0: They're getting really good. Um, so with that said, you had given me a bunch of video or a bunch of pictures to show off. And so we're going to talk about um, some of that stuff that we're going to go on. And, of course, you have a new expansion coming out. Um, it'll right. take a few seconds for it to come out on your side. But um, you have a new expansion, which is going to be, what is your Kickstarter going to be?
1: We've always had themes to our Kickstarters. And of course, all of our Kickstarters have been Chibi. This is the first time that we're actually going to be doing a Kickstarter that's not Chibi. Although the Chibi, the chibi is actually going to be in this Kickstarter, but it's not the primary focus. So we wanted to start, we actually did start a brand new line at ReaperCon in September this year that we called Mana Path. It's our anime-inspired, pure straight-up fantasy miniatures. Um we have our own story, We have our own world, and we're working to get that lore out. It's it's not out there, but like you know, all fantasy, it's super super or anime, it's super super fanali- fantasy sized. Oh gosh, I can't talk. Um, it's got the same tropes that you would have in normal fantasy. You got dwarves, you got wizards, you got robes, you got all that stuff. But what makes ours a little bit different is we have golems. Now you're all saying, well, so does you know. You know, everybody has golems and fantasies, but not like what we have. Our golems are actually 13-foot-tall mechs that have drivers in them. But the Well, the drivers are not necessarily, so to say, in them. They're bound by a spell, and the golem takes on personality traits of its driver. So, like, for example, one of the ones that's coming in the core set of this, of this Kickstarter is Methul. He is a knight, okay? It's because his driver was a knight so therefore he looks acts and feels just like a knight he protects the weak he's chivalrous, you know blah 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 all that's good stuff but he's a 13 foot tall mech and he walks talks has his own personality the whole nine yards so that's where we and we also have what's called mana pass hence the the name where uh it's a new type of um class so to speak or, or user inside of fantasy where Everybody in our world uses mana to cast spells, to do abilities, you name it. Well, a mana path can feel it, and they can manipulate it. They can draw it out, give it to somebody, or they can draw it out and use it, or they can, in a sense, use their own mana inside and, you know, do different types of things uh, in the world. And they're, they're very, very powerful, and they are highly sought out to be killed because people are scared of them.
0: So uh, right now, there's a picture of uh, looks and like in a fact, female our
1: dwarf avatar. Midnight of Orlando. She's actually a uh, yes. Well, I got uh, little. Yeah. I can't see it on my side because there's an avatar. There it is. She goes. That's a uh, that's a female dwarf. Her name is Hannah, okay. and she's got a little bit of a backstory to her. She is just a straight up pure fighter, um, and. She doesn't like being called Hannah. Um, she's very, very brutal. She likes to beat the crap out of stuff, but when somebody calls her Hannah, she doesn't think that that's a warrior's name. So she gets super ticked off when you call her Hannah, and she will fight you, like like a dwarf. She will fight you if you do. Um, but she was one of the... the She was the third miniature that we designed for the Mana Path line, and we wanted to do something a little bit different with her. We wanted... Uh, we wanted this is gonna sound weird, but I'm gonna go ahead and say it. We wanted our female dwarves to be thick. We wanted we we wanted to have a sort of sex appeal to them, but we didn't want to take it too far. That, That's that makes thick sense. with two C's, by the way.
0: Yeah, thick with two C's. <laughs> we,
1: we we wanted we wanted it to be very, very uh, pretty cute whatever you call it but also we wanted to have some realistic and we feel we felt that the dwarves would be a little bit you know thicker than a normal human would so that's that was the design feature that we put in the dwarf. we haven't got a dwarven male yet but when we do he's going to be a short stubby stack dude that just you know uh
0: next one looks like a werewolf of some sort
1: i dare say almost like a gnoll actually I don't
0: know. Oh, this is, this is,
1: okay. This, this is my favorite one. This is Leonide. All righty. He was actually the very first miniature that I ever designed for uh Midnight Heroes. He was in the first Kickstarter that, well, failed. Um And he was going to be the main miniature that was, that was created. He's from a race that I call the Fa. They are, they are beast men, but they have different Animal traits from different animals across the world. The Anide has more of a uh, bearish type of feel to them, but they are a tribal clan. They they live out across all of Mythos, which is the world of Manapath. They live out across all Mythos, and each tribe has you know different characteristics. He is actually part of the Longhorn tribe. You can see because he's got those horns, but they take different animal characteristics and they throw them in together. They're actually technically a very, very peaceful race, but if you piss them off, they are brutal warriors. They will come at you with a vengeance. And Leonite here, by default, is actually a 55 millimeter miniature. He's big. He's like super, super big. In the world of Manapath. he stands almost as tall as a golem. And he can go toe to toe with the golem. He's that butch.
0: And so the next one is this our first golem we have?
1: Uh, I have to wait for the picture to show up, but if it's what I think it is, it, yes, it's Methul. That is the golem that I was telling. Yes, I'm seeing it now. That is Methul. That's the first golem. He's actually already been released. He was released in September, um, but not very many people knew about him. So we're just kind of bringing him into the into the mix. But that is Methul. He is a knight as you can tell with the type of pose that he has but he is our first golem he is a 55 millimeter scale miniature as well um story-wise Methul is what's called a free golem his uh his knight died in in battle and typically when the driver of a golem dies um, the golem ceases to operate because they're bound to the driver in very rare cases they don't. They become what's called a free golem, and they they keep living on. Well, in Methul's case, he became a free golem. His driver died. He absorbed part of his driver's spirit and took it in and became a free golem. And now he's he goes around and protects people
0: as uh, a knight. Next one is a <clears throat> a lady that has a sword, um, red hair, yellow shirt. Um she we
1: don't have a figure for her yet it's still in the uh, in the sculpting phase but her name is Desona and she is another Nether although story wise she doesn't know that she is a path, but she is a path. and we're currently working on a um 24 issue story book which we're 9 books in they're not released uh, 9 books in and it tells the story of her when she was a young kid But she eventually grows up, and she becomes kind of a uh, a roguish type of character. And again, she becomes a mana path because one of the common traits of all mana paths is they have orange hair. Uh, So if you and that's the only ones that have orange hair are the mana paths. So you see somebody, they're like, oh crap! They they kind of know, but um, she has orange hair, and she's been she's been hidden. And part of the story is that um, they find her and they're trying to capture her because Benapaths can do different things and certain people come to save her. I Uh, Midnight right there. Yeah, who is is this one? That is our avatar, Midnight. Okay. Um, She gets from our Midnight Heroes. When we created Midnight Heroes, we wanted to have somebody an avatar type of character for our company so we came up with the concept of midnight and you'll find midnight character in pretty much all of our ranges there'll be a version of her in some sort we're we're going through doing all different types of stuff and this is her version for the mana path line there's already one of her out right now but it's in a completely different pose we wanted to take that uh, uh miniature and reposer and make a special one for the kickstarter and this is this is hard
0: okay. cool um so your new one your your kickstarter when is it going to start it starts march 7th and it okay. will run for
1: 20 days all
0: right and um, this is a so pure Tuesday. yeah so pure stl no physical copies pure stl uh kickstarter correct yeah.
1: yes this is the first time we've ever done anything like this back when we did all of our other uh, kickstarters when they knew that we started 3d printing them people asked for our stl files and at the time we said no because we we didn't really know we didn't know how to stop people sharing it you know stuff like that and we just we made a business decision and said no well the very last one that we had uh midnight heroes villains it succeeded and it went beyond Uh, anything that we could possibly imagine and we got all of the pledges out to everybody but it took us forever and a day it was a massive undertaking because there's only three of us and i do most of all the work so it was a massive undertaking so we stayed away from kickstarter for a couple years because we didn't want to get into that hole again that type of thing because while we did deliver everything it just took us a long time yeah. So when we came up and decided we wanted to do Mana Path, that was the first thing that was brought to the ta- table. They're like, hey, because um, like I said, I'm the only one that does all the, the printing. It's here at my house. They're like, are you going to be able to do all this, print?" And I'm like, yes and no. It depends on, you know, how it works. Because Midnight Heroes is not my full-time job. I want it to be, but it's not. So mm-hmm. it all depends on how my nine to five goes, blah, 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 this and that. So we decided to do something really different. To make this a pure STO kickstarter so that when the sculpts are done digitally we deliver it to you and you go you you print them how you want them
0: yeah because you could resize them are are all the stls going to be pre-supported
1: they can be but um If people want them to be pre-supported, we can include a pre-supported feature in it. No problem. I'm a firm believer that you need to support them on your own because every resin is different, every printer is different. But we can pre-support them with our settings, and if you want to try them, you can go right ahead.
0: Um, I I prefer pre-supported bottles because it saves me so much time.
1: But yeah, you can, you can resize them however you want. You can make collectors models of them and this and that. But the big thing is, is once this Kickstarter is done, the STL files will not be available. We're not going to turn around and sell these STL files on our, our website or nothing. So if you want the STL file of this miniature, this is how you have to get it. Gotcha. Because after that, it's straight up pure physical from us. That, that, that's it. Um, and if this works the way we want it to, from now on, moving forward, when we do Kickstarters, that's how we'll do it. We'll do them as STLs, and then when the Kickstarter's over, and once it's delivered, then it's it's physical from that point. We understand that there's going to be probably some sharing and stuff like that. We get it. Of course. It. It's, it's, it's the nature, you know, the beast type of thing. But we also know that there's also a lot of people out there that don't have resin or 3D Yeah, players, I buy so. them, and
2: I give them to my buddy to print off for me. I'm like, hey, I bought yeah. these STLs. Print for me, please. <laughs>
1: Uh, next
0: is your super your super chibi line that you uh, that we were talking about and you sent me some of these pictures and some of these have already been done and completed correct or all of these been done and completed
1: uh, everything in this Kickstarter for for super chibi has already been we already sell physical models for them Um, people in the last few Kickstarters wanted STLs. So like I was saying, this Kickstarter was mainly to expand and jumpstart the mana path line, but we figured if we were going to do STLs for that, we might as well give them the option to get STLs for the Super Chibi as well. So we built a core set, which were miniatures we already have, and so whenever the Kickstarter is done, we can technically just deliver those right then and right there. It's done. And it's... The same principle of the mana path is: once the Kickstarter is done and it's delivered, you won't find these uh, STLs on our site unless we redo a miniature. So, if we if we take one miniature, like we're looking at Seti here right now, if we take Seti and we redesign her and make another miniature of her, then we'll take the old version and make it an STL and put it on the site for you to get. But that's the only way that you'll be able to get an STL of from our from our site. The new one will not be available unless, of course, you get it through. The Kickstarter. Gotcha.
0: I mean, because I own some of your chibis. Um, I'm mm-hmm. going to go with some of these models because I wanted to talk about one of the things um, that we're, that's at the end of this. And because your super chibis are pretty popular, uh, people come in and buy them like crazy anytime you go somewhere because they're cute. Right. I mean, don't yeah. get me wrong. They're, they're so, cute.
2: I don't own any models, but I just remedied that. Thing, so you probably got a <laughs> pink on that while we were talking. <laughs>
0: So uh, the one thing that we want to talk to, and I'm going to show the pictures first before we talk about it, because I picked it up and got some of these, and I uh, helped and worked on this, and Mm -hmm. it's Dual Fates. Uh, Here's the logo, and then you got the picture. Um, Yeah. But I want to go back to our faces, because – sorry, wrong button. Uh, Dual Fates is something that you and I had talked about something, and you had mentioned about a miniature game with chibis and I was like oh cool give me your idea and you sent me the files and you know we started testing it and started going. it and I sent back some feedback and everything so what is Dual Fates and why is it fun and cool and why should people play it
1: Dual Fates, is, we wanted to create a game for all of our characters and Dual Fates was the first one that we put out excuse me, <clears throat> excuse me. every time you've seen a chibi game You've always seen Chibis as a board game. Nothing wrong with that. Not knocking that. You, you've seen all different types. Super Dungeon Explorers, Arcadia Quest, you name it. They're all little type of adventure board games. We didn't want to do the same thing with our Chibis. We wanted to do something different. And everybody that was part of Midnight Heroes, their background is we used to be massive, massive skirmish game players. We played 40K. We played Infinity. I started off uh, my, my hobby journey playing Battletech, stuff like that that we've been big skirmish game players so we figured let's do something different let's make a skirmish game that's based upon chibis where you get these little cute little things running around the table trying to kill each other and we're like that's cool at the time that we just started designing the game i was a huge huge player of a game called overwatch i i loved it it's just it was i I would play it tons and tons and tons so i wanted to make a type of game that was kind of inspired by that so that's well and you've seen you've seen it, gonzo you've seen how they're broken down into special abilities and all sorts of stuff so we took the idea and then we we started designing dual fate and it took us about two and a half years to to design it, and it went through massive amounts of iterations massive and it ultimately turned out to be what it is right now it's a skirmish game that's played on a two by two board so it's really small it's not like a four by six or anything like that and you play you start off with what we call summoning points you get eight total summoning points that you can build your army you can build it from any miniature across all of our lines and in super chibi you've got super chibi seed super chibi sector seven super chibi uh quest and then we got a couple other ones that we're going to be probably be making here in the next few years but you can build your army however you want across all of them or you can play factions and play them just from specific you know realms and because the story is basically you are a summoner and you are dueling your fate versus another another summoner and you summon your heroes or villains from across the multiverse to do to fight. That's, that's, the, that's the gist of it. So we put it down and like I said, it was on a two-by-two board and one of the reasons why it was on a two-by-two board, we didn't want it to feel like it took one or two rounds or heck even three rounds just to get into the fight. So we wanted the fight to start from round one. And that's that's what it. we do quadrants and in each quadrant you have what's called a pillar of fate and then you have a pillar of fate in the middle and the object of the game is to control these pillars of fate and you get a point at the end of the round that you control but the, the r- pillars that you control is generated randomly because you have two six sided dice which we call this is your fate you roll it at the beginning of each round and that determines which towers you have to control for example Gonzo, if you have the pillar two and three on your side of the table and I have four and five on mine and I roll a two and a five, well, that means I got to get the one on my side. And I also got to go over and get the one on your side. Then the following round, I, run, I roll completely different and I got to flip flop. And so you're constantly always moving, doing stuff, determining your strategies, trying to counteract who, who you're fighting. You can only have five summoning points worth of models on the table, or in the vortex, as we call it, the play area at one time. But you can build an eight-point army. So as your units die, you can bring new units in to help balance and counteract what your opposing player is, or your opposing summoner that you're fighting is doing. So you may initially put your first five down with one idea in mind, but then as the game is going on, you realize, holy crap, I need something else, and your other, you have to pull it from your other three. That you have in the the other three points and not every character though is just one point we have some characters like grog who rides a warg he costs two so he's a little bit more expensive so that means you have less models on the table but he's more powerful
0: yeah um I know at Warfare Weekend, uh, people were buying these up like crazy. And we had people playing it and doing little matches, uh, pickup matches at the game. And they were talking about it and they were having fun with the the models and, you know, playing and everything. And I know that you wanted to have, uh, this come out even more, which uh, you're planning on doing a little bit bigger at, uh, Warfare Weekend, which you can't spoil, um, what you're going to do because you're still working on it. Um, mm-hmm. but, um, you're also doing something special for Warfare Weekend, um, and we don't have it completed yet. But you're going to be de- designing a special miniature for Warfare Weekend, um, and we're going to wait to hold off on that. But there is a special Warfare Weekend miniature coming out um, that we've been working on, and I know that that's going to be a big hit, and people are going to you know dig it. But is there rules for this model? Are there are there rules for? Uh, is this model going to have rules for the dual fates?
1: Yes, it's going, to have, it's going to have rules for dual fates, and that's something that me and you are going to work out, because we're going to work out the power sets, and then we will work out the numbers of how it works. But yes, there that unit will, will be able to be played in dual fates. <laughs>
0: awesome. Captain Mizzy's on. John, you said that uh, you uh, just made an order. What did you order?
1: Uh, the Ward's.
2: I mean, shock. I like Goblin, Wolf Rider, I like Goblin Wolf Rider <laughs> Fucking, I've looked at it multiple times before because it has been sponsored forever. I've will... never pulled the trigger, but since I did my taxes today, I know exactly how much money I have, and I'm <laughs> like, I will take all of them since there was a pack right there with all of them,
1: so fucking A.
0: Yeah, that's what uh, Captain Mizzy you has. You would not
1: believe how much... Yeah, you would not believe how popular those wards are. And, the, and I say this, they were literally just something we built together on the fly because the first character that we made was grog and he was writing his warg timber and the intent was that was it we weren't going to make any more it was just we were going to have a, a section of writers and, and grog was an orc warden, and that was it well then we started going to conventions and stuff like that and everybody's like do you have one that doesn't have a writer on it I'm like no but we can make one so we made one then they wanted another one they wanted another one with a different pose and so they all came out and there's all different poses and we were just like okay and the next thing you know everybody is buying them like mad I like wolves (laughs) well we started getting we started getting people we started getting 40k players purchasing them and converting their space wolves to ride them that's
2: extra awesome because space wolves should ride chibi wards that is the way forward (laughs) Like, I, I've loved Goblin Wolf Riders for forever. Like, every time GW goes and remakes new World Goblin Wolf Riders, I'm like, fuck, there goes my wallet again. I don't even play these goddamn games, but I need some. They had the Warhammer Underworlds with the Wolf Riders. They're over, over there My my extra table already assembled because they're awesome.
1: It's my thing. We're, we're going to have- have more, Roddy. have ideas, we want to put dwarves on rams, we want to get in Sector 7 which is our more modern world, we want to get guys riding, you know, crotch rockets and we want to, in our uh, Super City Seed, we actually want to get some, like, tanks or something in there So, you, so uh, I'll digress <laughs> for a second, again
2: if anyone watching the, the, the chat, I am slightly enumerated <laughs> um, in the end of one of the text talks videos about the Charger He's running it back to the rental place, and behind him is an Irby with tanks as roller skates. Like it is the funniest thing, and it seems right up your your sort of alley for TV type thing. Some mech okay. using other tanks as roller skates is great. Uh, I love all that stuff.
0: Yeah. Now my what favorite w- one of all We're the ahead. things is uh, what's his name? The Dragon. Oh, uh, oh, the yes. Madrar. oh yes. The Modrar.
2: I look yeah, at him Bob twice because I'm like, holy shit, he's like the only one that is a different price. And honestly, let's just say this for the record. Your prices are really good.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, it. this thing's an 80-millimeter 80, 80 model. It's huge. I mean, and it's a—it's only like, what,
2: $45? Yes. Yeah, $45. I mean, like, that's great. Like, and I look at him like, you know, I, I'll say for the record, one of my problems for Everture Press, and I don't mean to dunk on them all the time, is that they're still... Pr- charging normal model price if you will for what they're ostensibly 3d printing mm-hmm. and your prices are i look at like these are all reasonable prices these are like what i'd expect from professionally printed 3d miniatures it's great
1: yeah and that's and we can we can put them at that price because we're not having to pay for spin casting we're not having to pay for molds we're not having to do anything absolutely we, we just get, get this sculpt, boom and we can put them out like that so we have we have a couple price points and our plan for now for for the foreseeable future is to stay at those price points like moderar he's a big dude and normally you would see them in other companies he'd probably be a 70 something dollar model that's like 45 is you know a perfect price range for us yeah that's great and, and also it's you, great. you also have arsenal arsenal we have two 45 models you have arsenal in there that is a giant seed tank and yeah. he's Freaking massive. Oh, yeah. And He's apparently, huge. Apparently, Yeah, apparently people are uh, intimidated by him. So I'm like, hmm, okay. Because every time people see him, they go, oh, my God, the thing is awesome. Um, but I'm scared. I'm like, why? Just get an airbrush. Go. <laughs> oh, yeah. Don't be scared of models.
2: Just just, just come talk to people. They'll, people forget that the miniature painters are the most willing to share all the knowledge. They will help you. It's great. But no, I, I like yeah. the I like the price point, and that's a big thing to me nowadays. I mean, I, I'm professionally, I'm in a point where I could afford more expensive stuff, but I love it when stuff is priced well. You know, BattleTech, you guys, I can play Marvel Crisis Protocol quite a bit, and those models are getting a little there, but they're still okay. But like, you know, GW, like, oh,
1: we've got other, we've got other dragons planned, and we wanted to do something really with, okay, Modrar, If you look at him, he's a dragon. But he's different than all the other dragons that you see out there. Like you, I love that. I love Reaper. Reaper's an awesome company, but you see their dragons, they're more on the realistic side. They're huge, they're big, they're freaking awesome. Well, when we did our dragon for Super Chibi, we wanted to have a Chibi esque feel, but we also wanted to put some seriousness into them. So we came up with we're going to make them, you know, they can walk mainly, primarily, they can walk. Their bipedal, you know, dragons, but they needed to be a little bit thick, like they could actually hold a chibi and they could munch on them. And you could see that, you know, they really do munch on these guys. And that's they what we remind
2: made. me a little bit of like a Palladium fantasy role playing game. Their dragons were always depicted more as like uh bipedal, but you know, would move faster on four legs, but could walk around on two legs. It was very interesting. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, and then when we go to the dragons, when we get to the mana path side, they're going to be more of the traditional type of dragons. Like one, my two favorite dragon movies of all time is Ring of Fire and Dragon Slayer. So those type of dragons uh, in, helped make me design our dragon that is a stretch goal in the, in the Kickstarter. He's the, one of the, the bottom stretch goal. His name is Yegdra, and his design is very much in that scale.
0: Yeah, I mean your stuff is very reasonably priced, um, and it, it's just, it's not, it, it is chibbied, you know. So people will get into it and everything. But I mean, they're I mean, a ten dollars for a chibi model. Yeah, I, I you're not going to argue that uh, no. at all, not at all. Uh, Fifteen dollars, twenty dollars, and even your big ones are forty five or so. Nobody's going to argue that at all. No, no, not a, not one bit. Um. I did notice, and you do uh, print on demand. Uh, I just noticed that. I didn't yes, know that. We do. Uh, I yes, did. Do.
1: It's not. It's not. It's not a service that most people know about, but we do do it for people um, because when our printers are working, um, we can print pretty much anything that you want. We, we can do, do resin. Our how do I say? Our printers are working. Our resin printers have. There's nothing wrong with them. But with FDMs, you know that every now and then a catastrophe can happen. Oh yeah. And when the when those when that happens, um it takes us a little bit to get the parts in to fix it. But if they're working on the F D M side, we got you covered.
2: Yeah. No, yeah, i I
1: look forward to getting them
2: and seeing uh what they're like. I uh looking for something Different to paint, you know, I've been painting the same stuff for so long. I mean, I know I say that, you know, Marvel models are great because they're different each time, but I've been painting just Marvel models and Battletech for so long, I want to paint something different.
1: Uh,
0: so what is the... Well, when
1: you paint chibis, you can... It's it's different. <laughs> yes, it is. Um,
0: so where are you going to be next? Uh, when, are you, when are you going to be we... out somewhere?
1: The next convention that we're going to be at is ReaperCon. Um, our, we, we're looking for three primary cons that we go to a year. And currently those cons are ReaperCon, Warfare Weekend, and then we're trying to find the third one. Um, we've gone to a couple cons this year trying to test them out. Um, nothing has really stuck. Um, although we do have a convention that wants to work with us to help us build their uh, their tabletop gaming side, so we don't know if we're going to continue that there. But our excuse me, our next big con that we're going to is ReaperCon. It's what we call our home con,
0: which is Re- Reaper's a, a great miniature con. I mean, beyond yeah, belief. Absolutely. It's like the the it's not the miniature gamer con. It's the miniatures con.
1: We eventually one day want to go to Adepticon, um, and we, I did talk to the gentleman who runs got the come to try to get put on the list, but uh, haven't heard back from them. One day, <laughs> we'll, we'll head there. We'll get there. <laughs> right. I,
2: I will say I know some people who know some people. So if you keep getting, I mean I don't want to say they're 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 giving you you know the the the, no, the brush not, off, right. but like if you need a little extra push, let me know. I'll put some people on it.
0: Yeah,
1: they're busy. That's a huge huge. Component. Oh yeah, it's, I completely understand it. And yeah. you've got people wanting to get in there nonstop. So I completely in total. 100 understand it yeah. and it's one of those things that um like i was talking to Gonzo, warfare if you get in it's one of those things that you need to keep going so we got to get to a spot where we can keep doing that
2: yeah absolutely i mean i love to i being in the sabi for as long as i have been and seeing adepticon go from ostensibly just a 40k thing to what it is is great oh yeah especially <laughs> the heart though all those guys and all those volunteers put into it is great
0: so, um... so we had we had a
1: blast at ReaperCon this year, and we had an unbelievable. Uh, first of all, I want to say thank you, Gonzo, for letting us come to Warfare Weekend because we had oh. an absolute blast. We enjoyed it. We met so many cool people there, and we, as soon as that con was over, we were like, "Yeah, we're coming back" because <laughs> we just enjoyed the crap. Out of-
0: um, so if I can get uh, one of my mods in the channel to uh, link to Midnight Heroes, I would appreciate that. Uh, pay attention to their Facebook page, uh, their web page. The Kickstarter will be starting up on, uh, what, Tuesday the 7th? And... Yeah,
2: Tuesday the 7th. Jesus, Captain Mizzy's so fast.
0: Um, and She's on uh...
1: delay and still got it before me. <laughs> um,
0: oh, wait,
1: uh... One of the interesting notes about... <laughs> We're on TikTok. We're on Facebook and we're...
0: Brian. You're breaking up, by the way. If you get uh...
1: Instagram, but video to help the kid into. Okay, I'm sorry.
0: That's okay. It's my
1: internet. Continue. <laughs> I'll shut up later because it's my I'm, my kids are probably playing video games now. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, you're you're on all the social medias, um, but as soon as it goes live, of course, we'll share it on our Facebook page. We'll share it on our personal pages uh, so everybody can see it. Uh, I'll definitely be purchasing it because, uh, I mean, I always like to support people, and it's going to be a reasonably priced one. And I know since it's just an STL, it's, you know, the, the you're not going to be waiting a year and a half, two years to get your product. So let's go ahead and get it. Well, to... I want to give
1: a little bit of secret or okay. a surprise to people that they don't know about about the Kickstarter. Is if we get far enough into stretch goals, we're actually going to be launching a new line and a uh, second line, a brand new line in there, which is called Midnight Nights. It's a very risque version of some of our characters that are not shabby.
0: Gotcha, the more of an adult version.
1: Wow, Baneon, really? <laughs> you have one
2: Kickstarter that fails, and you're salty.
0: Um, so let's go into the media section. Um, this section right here is where we talk about stuff that we've either watched, read, listened to, or whatever. And uh, Brian, uh, your video is a little messed up. We can't see, but we can definitely hear you. Um, just so you okay. know, we have a rating scale. We have two rating scales to be exact. We have one rating scale, which is from Casablanca, which is considered the greatest movie of all time, to Cats. Which is considered the worst movie of all time? No,
2: no, take out the considered. Oh. It is the worst movie of all time. Okay.
0: <laughs> so when you rate something, you can rate it from Casablanca to Cats, or we have our most prominent rating system. Is uh, do you did you ever watch the movie uh, Ice Pirates? Maybe, maybe not. Yeah, I've seen it. Okay, and there's a creature called oh, okay. the space. You, you got the, there's a creature called the space herpes. Um, and so we rate things by how many space herpes it should not have. The fewer the space herpes, the better the movie. Uh, so Casablanca, yeah, Casablanca would be a zero space herpes while cats would be five space herpes. Six. Six. <laughs> Usually one to five is what we go to, but. Spoiler.
2: It's not like that movie. <laughs>
0: So, uh, I'll go first, because I usually have, I think I have like 10 to go over today. Not really, but...
2: I have multiple, not even counting the fact that one of them is saving until Kathy is back, because we both watched it.
0: Oh, yeah. Um, So, I'm going to talk about one, and it was a mockumentary, best way to put it. Uh, It was on Netflix. It's called Kunk on Earth, Um, and it is about a... Lady that goes to all these places on the planet and talks about you know the history and all this other stuff, and she gets people that are experts in their fields and asks them some of the stupidest fucking questions ever. Um, like, and I'm gonna go with this one, and it's like they talked to she goes talk to this expert on Greek history, and she's like, so I'm gonna I'm, she goes like I'm gonna propose this question for you, the Greeks they either perfected or created it. And I want you to choose which one. And she goes through like certain things like reading, writing, you know. And then she comes up with anal bleaching. Created or perfected. (laughs) And the historian is looking at her like, The hell? (laughs) That's fair. (laughs) And you can tell that some of these historians or people that are experts in their fields are like completely did not know they were going to get pranked or punked. (laughs) And like she's like you know the Bibble, the Bibble comes all this. You mean the Bible? No, it's it's pronounced Bibble. Are you man explaining me? <laughs> and so, I will tell you, this show was hilarious. The stupidest crap is done. The stupidest stuff is said, and it is just pure hilarious. And eventually, you can tell that some of the people are just finally they crack up and they start laughing because they finally understand what's going on. I will recommend this. If you need a good laugh and just some good stupid fun, just watch this. It's on Netflix. I think it's only like six or eight episodes, something like that. And it's pretty funny. It is kind of some British humor. So, you know, you got to be into that type of stuff. But I highly recommend it. I laughed my ass off pretty good on a couple of things that she was saying and asking these people. Because their faces were the best. Because this one guy, she asked a question. And he you can tell he's looking over at like... One of his colleagues, or like the producer or a director, and he's like, "The fuck," you know that type of look. (laughs) So, I highly recommend it.
2: Playing poker is what you're telling me. Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So I recommend it. I give it like a half to a one because you know there's just some stuff you you're expecting it, and some stuff does get played out. Uh, but it is pretty funny. So Brian. This is how we do it. I give it one to zero space herpes. What do you have to rate for us today?
1: Can you hear me first off? Because my internet is going nuts. Yes. Okay. So my son had me spend quality time with him. We went to go see a movie called Cocaine Bear. And I had no idea what I was getting into. (laughs) But I wanted to spend time with my son. So we go in there and... This this movie is directed by Elizabeth Banks. So just so you know, the type of humor that you're and what you're going to get from this movie. Okay, so we go in and sure enough, like all typical Elizabeth Banks movies, it kind of starts off a little bit slow. But once the bear eats the cocaine. Oh, my gosh. It's it's just pure, ridiculous content. And it's funny as hell. I mean, there's nothing like seeing, you know, some freaking naturist looking around, taking pictures of the bear, and they're like, oh, look, it's a black bear, blah, 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 this and that. And the bear's going freaking nuts, trying to rub itself, eat up a tree, and blah, 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 this and that. And then all of a sudden, the bear sees them, and it squares up like a boxer. It's <laughs> about ready to, to beat their asses
2: down. <laughs> I've heard described as what could have been just a simple slasher movie, but they put so much more into it.
1: Yes. I mean, this bear literally squares up, and is just like, let's go. And me and my son just were like, what the? And it was just crap like that throughout the entire movie. And it was a blood fest. There was gore. There was, it, you name it. But it was so, so funny is all I could say. It was just so, the plot was stupid even though it was based on a apparently a real life event
0: mm-hmm. the yes.
1: plot was stupid but the way everything went i'm just like are they gonna have a cocaine bear too because if so i will probably go watch it bear too. <laughs> because it was just it was mindless fun like all it you need for a movie is oh, for it and, to and know was where it is so much stuff
2: know what it is and just not yeah. just like, i'm going all in on what it is i love that
1: This and that's what this movie was. It knew it was a movie about a bear on cocaine. It 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 knew that. And it just it did stupid I mean the bear was snorting cocaine. Is is all I can say. For that alone for that alone, just being how stupid and entertaining it was, I gave it a like two and a half three. That was just it was so much fun.
0: So two and a half three if if, if you The fewer the better.
1: Oh, the fewer the better. Okay. Yeah. Then you, you don't want herpes. So, so then it'd be along the lines of it was like a one, one and a half. Because it was just so stupid, it was fun. Gotcha. It was it was just oh. it was pure out fun. But you have to know that going in that it's a movie about a bear on cocaine. I mean, just that's all, I mean, if you get in that mindset, you'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> you get in that mindset, you are you'll be fine. It's just a bear on cocaine.
0: John what do you got
2: well I actually have multiple again like I said I'm actually going to start with my rant which is not include a rating because I'm going to talk a little about Mandalorian since season uh, 3 came out uh-huh. first episode uh, I enjoyed it not going to give it a rating not going to spoil anything but man the fucking internet needs to get the fuck over itself
0: uh, I watched episode I 1 some, too so uh, I I'm with you say,
2: like, well you know Andor was so good and realistic I can't watch Mandalorian anymore well dude Here's a fucking hint. Maybe you don't actually fucking like Star Wars. Maybe you should find something serious to watch. I hear The Last of Us is great. Go watch that and fuck right off with your Star Wars talk because you don't like Star Wars then. Because The Mandalorian is pure Star Wars.
1: It is. And nobody, nowadays, nobody leaves anything to your imagination. They want everything explained and it has a fit perfectly. Just go and be entertained.
2: Exactly. Someone complained that it didn't have date stamps or stamps of where they were it doesn't fucking matter it's space opera you know when they'll they'll settle on the time frame when they fucking have to until then it doesn't fucking matter here's the thing on storytelling you can watch any movie from the 80s do i know when highlander happens no it doesn't fucking matter i see what's available on the screen i get an idea of what date range it's from and it doesn't matter beyond that
0: yeah, I, I watched it too and I had a good time with it. I thought it was fun. Yeah. It was it, it, it was building the story, you know, you're getting to know everything that's going on, and you're like, fine, this it set is good.
2: Everything up and I'm like pleased. I was very pleased. I enjoyed everything about it. I love Carl I love that he's so in on his role. Yep. Um It's great. Uh, And the other thing I is someone was uh, upset that, uh, well, I don't think Mando's that good of a pilot. And This is kind of weird coming out of nowhere. I'm like, motherfucker, he jumped in the Razor's Quest with Grogu, spewing up cookies, being all blue vomit and shit, murdering TIE Fighters. When was he not a good
0: pilot? (laughs) Yeah, people just, I mean, there's way too much expectation to be perfect. No, on just, everything that happens, and it's getting ridiculous. Please,
1: yeah, you can't please everybody. Yeah, you can't please it's, everybody. It's people who aren't
2: willing to take it as as what it is. You know, you you have to step back, and I say this a lot. Your most true viewing of a movie is the second viewing, because the first viewing you are anything. You come in with with expectations, and sometimes it meets expectations. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes on the second viewing, you go, it didn't wasn't what I expected the first time, but I enjoy it now the second time more not not expecting what i expected a lot of movies like that where they change the, the game a little bit so but just having these weird things where they're like my memory of this series is perfect and like no dude go rewatch it and you'll see like stop yep. like and for christ's sakes don't get upset when someone jumps into your fucking twitter conversation on some piece of media because you post it on fucking twitter it's fucking public then Fucking get over it when I my drunk ass jumps on and starts fucking taking to the task. <laughs> it's my amusement some days, but anyways, yeah. Mando, I love Mando. It's yeah, great. I it thought it was great Carl too. Weathers, uh, fucking uh, Pedro Pascal is still great. I mean, Grogu's reaction to things are great. I I am very excited to see where it goes.
0: Yeah, I'm I, I'm I'm fine. I, I didn't have any issues. Won't give a rating until it's completed. Yeah, uh, but, but I'm enjoying it still.
2: I love I'll be honest, I haven't seen series. yet. Yeah, well, plenty of time. Hell yeah, you know, but yeah, I love the weekly series as well because it gets me me set up a time frame, gets me in a schedule, and lets me look forward to something every week, which is helpful.
0: Yep. Gonzo uh,
2: Numero Dos.
0: My dad, the bounty hunter. So, oh, it. Ne- it was on Netflix, and so I was like, it's okay, preview. It was like eight episodes, and I'm like, okay, 30-minute episodes. I can, you know, watch this while I'm eating breakfast, you know, stuff like that. And um, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a good kids, you know, enjoyable, fun show. Good, good, and I say family show. But, I mean, it was a good animated family, you know, cartoon. Um, Characters were fine. Characters weren't an issue. They were just, you know, there. But, I mean, is, is it... Gonna break boundaries or whatever? Not really, but is it something that you know is better than ninety percent of the shit on TV now? Yeah, um, is it better
2: than the Fast and the Furious cartoon they put out? Yes, good. That, 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 that's, that's not hard. <laughs> no, it's it's really not.
0: No, but I mean, I enjoyed it. I thought it was it would it would be a good show for people to watch. Younger kids they could watch it and not be a problem. Um, it gives it, it gives but my I'm Fast and, and
1: Furious. furious. Is the show cooler than a Pontiac Fierro in space? Yes. No. <laughs>
2: <laughs> the Fast and Furious cartoon is not more, more not better than a Pontiac Fierro in space. Well, but but
1: that's how me and my son right now rate movies. Because we watch the Fast and Furious, and they put a Pontiac Fierro in space. He's a car guy. So we say, was that cooler than a Pontiac Fierro in space? Oh, my God.
0: I... That's
2: but... mine. My...
1: Oh. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um but i watched it all the way through it was good it sets it up for season two whether it gets or not we don't know i mean the way netflix goes nowadays you don't know what the hell
2: is fucking savage yeah they'll Mm -hmm. if it doesn't
0: make a billion hits in one day there it's like done um you're not
2: as good as the best thing from the other competitors you're gone
0: yeah i mean i give it, it, it i give it like a two um, it was fine. It was not bad. Uh, it, it's geared towards the younger crowd, but it wasn't bad. It had some good chuckles and good voice acting, uh, so it wasn't bad at all. You need, you need good
2: family-friendly stuff like that. You can't yeah. all be fucking super serious dark shit. I have a rant about that coming up at some point.
0: <laughs> so, other than that, Brian, what do you got? You got something else you want to talk about?
1: Well, um, can we talk? can. Danny, if it's a movie I've already watched, and I watched it again. Yeah, we oh, yeah. I
2: do yeah. it all the time. Okay.
1: Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Well, then Last week, uh, I sat down with my daughter and I rewatched for like probably the 25th time uh, Godzilla vs. Kong. Um, God, I freaking love that movie. Um, I love any. I love. I love Godzilla just in general. But that movie, it's just it's so awesome. And I, every time I see that the big giant ape gets his ass kicked by a lizard, I am so happy. I mean, I'm like <laughs> I just get giddy. I'm like, yes, the ape lost to a radioactive T-Rex. Fuck yeah. So, and it, it was my my sons all like, I'm Team Kong. And I'm like, look, he just got his ass beat. Shut up. Well, so, a lot, I, I love what I, that I movie because watched...
2: it's not just Godzilla wins. Godzilla wins some, Kong wins some. At the end, Kong realizes, because Kong is technically smarter, they're like, huh? Yeah, can't fight anymore. You can be king of the monsters. It's fucking fine.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, and I, I love, I love I, the, when Godzilla just tries to get him to submit. He doesn't, and Godzilla just like, fuck this, I'm done. Whatever, bye. i beach, already beat yep. you <laughs> And then when
2: the two of them fight, Mechagodzilla, fucking a. When the, they finally team up together, that was so much fun. Like, oh, I still I think it's the third best of the new movies because I think King of the Monsters is better and I think Kong Skull Island is better, but it's still really good and enjoyable. Like, oh. Oh, people oh, take agree. that as, like, a, a a diss. It's not a diss. Those are all really fun movies. In fact, the mm-hmm. Godzilla, uh, the the most recent one, Godzilla, I enjoyed it, but it's clearly the worst of those movies. But it's still like, yeah. hey, John, rewatch Godzilla. Yeah, sure, let's rewatch watch Godzilla. <laughs>
1: I, w- I would agree with you. It's the worst of the three, but it, it's needed to set everything up. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I, I agree I agree with you. King of the Monsters is better than Godzilla vs. Kong. But, but I, there's just something, as a movie, it's better. But there's just something about Godzilla vs. Kong that just makes my, my, I don't have much hair, but the hair on the back of my head stand up. I'm just like, fuck yes! I just they, I they love it. They went
2: batshit crazy in all the right ways on it. Mm-hmm. The fight in the ocean just like like every scene like they went crazy but they did it in a way that they're not making fun of the movie at any point and they fucking sell it i love oh it. yeah
1: that and i'm i can't wait till the the sequel comes out although yeah. i don't know i don't know who they're fighting in this report it's going to be Gaigan, which will be interesting the apple tv series that take place in the titan universe i don't own, i don't subscribe to apple tv but as soon as it's released i sure as hell will
2: and I will because I was gonna get it in anyways for uh, what's that show Gonzo? Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso. So March fifteenth.
1: Reasons done. March fifteenth. I'm, I'm I'm all and I I've probably watched that show twenty five times. I probably or that movie I'll probably watch it another just like I've watched the original Transformers movie the nineteen eighty six hundred times. That'll probably be a movie that I'll at some point in time in my I'll be able to just replay it in my head. I love that movie.
2: The only thing I was upset about is that it came out during COVID, so I couldn't watch it in the theater. That's the only part that upset me.
1: <laughs> I went and watched it in the theater. Uh, it came out that Wednesday before I went. And I told everybody at work, because I knew it came out on HBO Max. I'm like, you tell me anything. I'm going to kill you. I will murder you. <laughs> and it was, a, it was a big thing, because they know how big of a Godzilla fan I am. It was a big thing all week. They were sending me screenshots of them watching it on hbo max just little screenshots here and there but it was like the credits the opening scene and i'm like you want to die don't you do you want to die and then i <laughs> went that, yeah i went to the saturday the theater during COVID. i did not care i went to the theater i watched it i came back the following monday and it was literally my whole department because i'm working it they're like did you watch it and i was like but damn lizard won. yes i did
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah my, like, my buddy uh not, not, uh, Roshad, Dave didn't want to go to the theater and I didn't want to go alone during COVID. So we, we, I ended up watching it on HBO Max with my, uh, for my other, my old podcast, Painted with John, with Metal uh, John. We watched and reviewed it. It was enjoyable. I actually set up, uh, I have, uh, the Transformer, uh, what the fuck, Optimus Primal.
1: So I had him mm-hmm. set up versus
2: Grimlock as the backdrop because it's the closest <laughs> I could get with what I had. And I felt <laughs> like it
1: was close enough. That's awesome. Well, if you want a rating on that, since so I've already watched it, you know how much I don't know if you could go lower than a one. So I'm giving zero. You can go to a zero. Uh, I'm zero. It's zero for me. I know I'm biased, <laughs> but it's a zero for me. That's I just, the point I of the scale. It's movie. all
2: biology. It, yeah. I like to remind people that all movies and TV is art, and art is almost entirely subjective. Yeah. Something that hits for the average population, like Ready Player One. Gonzo gives a five because he's terrible. But it's subjective. It's <laughs> no so You're never going to live that down. Oh, I know.
0: So, John, hey, what's your next that, one?
1: The coolest part of that movie was when you got to see the Gundam. The-,
0: the-, the-, the ending was the yeah. best part. Everything else I hated. But uh, on to something my else.
1: Uh,
2: my next one is uh, I watched uh, The One, rewatched The One, Jet Li. Oh, man. It's Ethan. Don't worry, Lindo. It does not hold up. Movie. It, no, it like, doesn't. Special effects do not hold up. Story doesn't really hold up. um oof. It's a little rough through the beginning. Now, you stay for two fights towards the end, and those two fights are great. Mm-hmm. uh But after you get the Jet Lee versus Jet Lee and the Jet Lee versus everyone fights, it's that's it's a clip movie now. You're going to watch it for clips, you're not going to watch the whole thing um i got it for free on dvd from someone at work who was moving and like do you want a dvd like i'll take that dvd yes um probably won't rewatch it for a bit doesn't really hold up i'm gonna give it i'm gonna give it a two and a half which i think is generous it could go to a two if you really like it but nothing holds up young jason statham has not gotten his acting chops yet he's very rough del ralindo is great um gently feels like he's the wrong person for this movie like, I think he was the right one, but he feels like the wrong one. He's not fully into it towards the end. It feels like through part of it, he's kind of not comfortable, but then he gets his comfort towards the end, and I guess more, much more enjoyable. So, I would, if you got things to do, maybe not so much rewatch, but if it's free, maybe you should watch it.
0: <laughs> um, got a question from Banyan Gonzo. Did you give your final rating on the National Treasure? I did. I gave it the math, the 2.5. Uh, it was okay. Uh, it, it did have a bit of CW-ish to it, but it was not bad. Yeah. Um, my next one is We Have a Ghost, which is on Netflix also. Um, and I would compare this movie to an old school Disney ghost hunting show. Um, it very much has that Disney esque feel. Um, it's you know, good cast. Oh, yeah, the cast is great. I had no problem with the cast at all. There was nothing issue. But, I mean, it re- it reminded me of the old-school Disney, you know, live-action ghost, you know, movies or whatever. This could have easily been put on a Disney channel. This was another good family-friendly type show. Uh, more of a little upper, you know, age-type stuff because it does deal with death and stuff. It had some... Y-ish. Yeah, yeah. It had some, you know, it had some, a little bit of themes that were a little bit more of, uh, you know, young A type things, but I mean, it wasn't bad at all. I mean, it it, it gets above the 2.5, you know, it gets about a, you know, one and a half to two, but I mean, it really wasn't bad. I was really surprised. Um, there are some funny scenes and some, you know, some things going on and special effects were good and, you know, characters were okay, but for the most part, didn't have a problem with it. I was, it was enjoyable. Um, should you pass it up? Man, eh, you got better things to watch. Sure, but I mean, it's a decent show to <laughs> spend the time. It's on Netflix
2: have... means it's likely free if you have access to it.
0: Yep. So, other than that, um, Brian, you got anything else?
1: No, I'm just sitting here enjoying it with you guys.
0: <laughs> okay, John, your next one.
2: Uh, I do have another one. One I'm going to recommend. It's on Amazon Prime for free. It's called Accident Man. It's starring Scott Adkins. And uh, I very much enjoyed it. It is a little weird at points. It's You can tell it's trying to be that quirky humor. But in order to get the plot further along, it has to go a little bit dark and serious. Which is a flaw I see with a lot of action movies nowadays. Is They try too hard to be super serious when the old school action movies didn't need to be that serious. They're like, fuck, it's a silly premise, but let's just go. Um, but it's a more well-crafted one because I'm watching another one right now called uh, Falcon Rising, where shit just happens to get him from one point to another. Shit in this movie actually happens and makes sense. Um, And it's a little weird. Some of the fight scenes are a little crazy, but when they get the standard fights of Scott Adkins and Michael Jai White's in it, and you get some fun, good martial arts action in it. And I enjoyed the crap out of it. I mean, I'd probably give it only a one and a half space herpes. Definitely worth watching. (laughs) Not going to be for everyone, because some it's the some of the content's going to put them off, but the actors <coughs> carry it for the most part, and I, I enjoyed it. Like, they're making a sequel, and I'm going to watch the sequel. Uh, it's one of those ones, like Ambulance, where my Twitter suggested it, like, as cool action stuff, and it did not disappoint. I was very pleased with uh, how the action went in it, you know. Scott Atkins is a good martial artist. Michael J. White's a great martial artist. It has um, Ray Park in it. He's obviously a great martial artist and all those scenes are super fun between them. The great fights. And then there's just some silly stuff in addition, but definitely worth a watch. If you like that kind of martial arts, good, good cast carrying it. Maybe not quite what it was expecting to be. I mean, obviously it's a direct to video movie, but of the director video movies, it is definitely in the top tier.
0: Cool. Um, I wanted to talk about a few things that are happening. Uh, so Picard's going on. Um, episode two is uh, episode three is out, but I've only seen one and two. Uh, I
1: haven't seen that series yet.
0: I'll tell you, you can watch uh, ep- watch season one, skip season two and go straight to season three. And that's the see, best I, way to I, put I, it.
1: I just started discovery. People were telling me not to watch discovery and I just started it. And so far I'm enjoying the hell out of it. And I love strange this, New worlds.
2: Discovery is great. Science fiction. Not quite as good Star Trek because of the content, except till season two. Season two, blah, it just takes off.
0: Yeah. Like at um, no point do
2: I disrespect it. It's just I judge Star Trek versus sci-fi differently because the themes of Star Trek should be different than the themes of sci-fi. Yeah. Example, Deep Space Nine. Great science fiction. Top-tier science fiction. Bottom-tier Star Wars or Star Trek. Mm. Um, all the things they do are great sci-fi tropes, but they don't fit in the Star Trek universe so much. Yeah. That's just personal opinion.
0: But like I guess Picard, season three—it's the final season. See uh, episode one and two, have been good. Uh, no, no gripes. Uh, did want to talk about Discovery. Um, Discovery's season. next season is the last season. Um, so the next season it'll be over with. Um, so that'll be you know ooh, done. That's uh, another
2: one people are shitting on too much. I'm Like, what is your problem? Yeah,
0: no, guys, it. like,
2: it's 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 been good. Like. Again, like I said, if you don't like Season 2 of Discovery and Strange New Worlds, if you don't like those two, you don't like Star Trek.
0: Yeah. You and might New World.
2: in Star Trek because it's sci-fi and you like it, but you don't like Star Trek for Star Trek. You like Star Trek for sci-fi, which is fine. There's nothing yeah. wrong with that.
0: Um, but, I mean, Discovery the next season is going to be the last season. At least they know it, so they're going to get to a finale type thing. Yeah. That, which would be good. That's the best way to do it. Get, yeah.
2: Getting a chance to end on your own terms is great.
0: Yeah. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that. Um... You know, I tried to watch The Bad Batch, the new season out of Bad Batch. I just can't get into it. I really do not care for these characters. I mean, you're preaching to the choir on the Clone Wars stuff. Yeah, right? I'm just like, no, I've watched The Clone Wars, and I didn't mind The Clone Wars. But The Bad Batch, I'm just, it's just well, boring to me. Remember, that's the best
2: thing about all this this media now. It's not for everyone. No. It's okay if a Star Wars yeah. media comes out and you don't like it. It's yeah. all good. Watch the next thing. Xander Roy says he misses the political intrigue of Babylon Five. Hopefully, the Babylon Five reboot continues. Uh, Michael J. Straczynski is working with the CW to do a a reimagining reboot of it. Um, So far, theoretically, it's still going, but we'll see. Yep. I just see that because he has, you know, he says he's a lot better writer than he is the graph. The the effects can be a lot better. Now, why I love the effects of Babylon Five, I understand they're dated as fuck. But it never was about the the effect so much. They were great for the time for TV. Yep. Helped them get it in under budget. Interested to see where they go with that. Um, Jose Gonzo, I told you and Kathy that my next watch through, I have two movies queued up that someone at work loaned me, which are The Multis Falcon and Inception. No, I haven't seen Inception. No, don't judge me. I don't care. <laughs> but then after that, um, I have to watch the John Wicks ready for John Wick Day, the 24th. Yeah. Oh, I'm oh, John Wick. Awesome. Yeah. Exactly. Then after that, uh, Amazon Prime has all of the Rockies and Creed movies, yep. obviously up to two, available. And I think that's going to be my next watch, because I know I've seen all the Rocky movies. I don't see, I think I've seen all of them aside from four all the way through in one sitting. And I've never seen the Creed movies, so I think watching all of those in a
1: short period. Creed movies are good. Very surprisingly, they're good. I, I
2: Honestly, most of the, if I understand, Like everyone loves Rocky 1, 2, and 3, and then I like 4 for what it is. Rocky Balboa, we'll see, but so I mean, I think overall that's gonna be a high quality series.
1: Creed is, in my opinion, very well done. I haven't obviously I haven't seen the third one yet, but um, first two.
0: First two were good. They were,
1: they were better than I thought they would be.
0: Yeah,
2: I've seen some clips and they look good, so I'm interested. To, but I want to watch the whole thing through since I, I know I've seen all of Rocky, but I don't think I've seen all of Rocky in one sitting. You know, I came in a long time ago.
0: Oh yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I mean, Rocky 4 was the one that came out when I was sort of cognizant, and I watched the whole thing of that, and I, I think it's got some real great merits to it. Obviously flawed at some points, but yeah, uh, looking forward to seeing all that together there. I think that's the best way to watch a series nowadays is get boom, boom, boom. By the time I get to it, Cree to be able to rent, and if, it's, if the first two are good enough like they're supposed to be, I'll just pay money and rent the third one on and watch an Amazon Prime. Or if it's still in the theater, maybe I'll go see it in the theater. Who knows? Oh, Plus, I forgot to mention Casablanca in the theater for as a Fathom event. It'll be a Wednesday, uh, so if you're interested in that, you can see. Uh, one of the best also, ever. I believe. I
0: also believe that um, <laughs> Return of the King will be back in the theaters. Uh, uh,
2: that'll be main theaters. I don't think that's a Fathom event. I know no. uh, Brian mentioned that uh, was a Godzilla Tokyo SOS later this month. Oh yes. No. Mm-hmm. And then was one I, mentioned. I mentioned another one. There's another one, another Fathom event later this month that I'm looking at. Let me find it real quick. Uh, it was another classic movie coming back out to the theaters for a short time. Yeah. Tokyo SOS is coming out. My Neighbor Totoro coming back out again. March 22nd for Tokyo SOS. Um let me just find it here. There was something else I saw that like really just piqued my interest, but I don't always remember. Where was the next one? Maybe it was Tokyo SOS. I think it was actually Tokyo, Godzilla Tokyo SOS was the other one I was looking at. Uh, but yeah, that and My Neighbor Totoro both great to watch. I don't know if you've see My Neighbor Totoro in the theater, but if you haven't, it would be a good time. So, and honestly, you guys should check that. Uh, Big Lebowski's twenty fifth anniversary is coming out, so you're going to see that. Flashdance fortieth anniversary. Those are all really cool things to see in the theater, yep.
0: guys. That's a show.
2: That is a show. Sweet. It is a
0: show, guys. We will be sending you off to the Pyro Club, and uh, you can check them out there playing some D anD D, and you can hang out with them. Make sure you give them a follow and a like. Um, well, if we're a couple
2: minutes late. They'll be on break.
0: They might be because <laughs> it, it is our, our luck. Brian, we want to thank you for coming out and talking about midnight heroes and all your stuff. Thank and you. we'll look forward to your Kickstarter coming on Tuesday. Um, mm-hmm. guys, make sure you check it out. Uh, go follow him on Facebook and, uh, go check out the Kickstarter and help him, uh, make his day
2: and Instagram and Twitter and he's on both those as well.
0: Yep. Guys, please take care of yourself. Please take care of each other. If you see something, say something, um, Reach out if you need anything. John and I are always willing to help you out and uh, chill with you and do things. Um, please Absolutely. take care of yourself and take care of each other. For More Than Dice, I'm Gonzo. I'm John. And I guess I'm Brian. <laughs> Good, Good night. Here we go. Good We're going to send you off. We're raiding the Pyro Club. Get ready. Make sure you hit that. We got one... 2 or 7, 45, 822 people rating. This is going to be awesome.